All right, people, say good morning. I'm sorry that we got a little bit of a, of a later start. We'll carry it away with Nesila Sisha. I have to, have to write to the Hachsik people. There's no way it's five minutes a day. It, it's, it, it's, it's, false, it's false advertising. Or maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. I shouldn't say that. All right. So let's get started. Thank you again to all of our sponsors. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Kislev. Josh and Becker Freedom for dedicating all the and Joshua's this month. Lili Nishmas, Josh's father, Yisrael Yehuda, Benarav, Chaim, Rafael, Zichron, Levrocha. To thank Sammy and Malka Esterson for dedicating all the shurim this month in memory of their parents, Yitzchak Leib Ben Aaron HaKoyin, Sarah Rachel Bas Baruch Avram, Hinda Bas Henech Ephraim, and for the continued Hatzlocha and Gesund of Mr. Esterson, Admeve Esim Shalom Tovos. To thank the Pepper family for dedicating all the shurim this month in commemoration of the yard site of Yosef Pepper, Yosef David Zichron Levracha Ben Yaakov. To thank our week of learning sponsors, Steve Galaskov, in honor of his daughter Reeving's, Reeve's wedding to Ellie Bogart, which will take place tonight. Steve Mazeltov, and creation of his father's upcoming yard site in And the week of learning sponsors, the Pepper family, in the merit of Rafushlimer for Yaakov Ben Rachel. We hope that he, together with Kol Chole Yisrael, will have a complete and enduring Rafua. Rabosai, we have a lot to do today. Today's daf is Lamed Zion 37. We are picking up at Lamed Vava Mabez 36b, and we are picking up uh, four lines. Uh, Five lines up from. No, no, impossible. <laughs> okay, all right, fine. Ace today, fine. We'll do Ace today. Good. Now let's say Ace today. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Nah, are you sure? Are you sure? All right, fine. Fourteen lines up from the bottom. I'll say let's go. It goes quickly. I mean, not, not really, but okay. Ace today. So remember again, we were dealing with an interesting question. The, the overarching question we were dealing with in yesterday's death was, if you go, are you permitted to go ahead and, and take meiser or take truma for someone else's produce without their das? So, so remember again, the way we framed the question was as follows. That, can I go over to someone else's produce? Tied it without their knowledge, or without their consent. What were the two tzadim? The two tzadim were number one, number one, on one hand, zachna adam shalobafanov, right? I'm doing something objectively good. On the other hand, I'm depriving them of a mitzvah. So the Gemara tried to analyze this particular question, ultimately, again, through the lens of our Mishnah, where Ruvain made a nether not to confer, or not to, yeah, not to confer any benefit to Shimon. And yet the Mishnah said that Ruvain has the ability to take truma from Shimon's produce. Now, we'll say, so we're trying to analyze what's that case? What's the case? Is it a case of Ruvain using his own produce to tithe Shimon's produce? Is it Ruvain's produce? Is, is it Shimon's produce from Shimon's? So we're trying to analyze this. So the Mishnah said, the Mishnah said, Ruvain has the ability to go ahead and tithe Shimon's produce, Ledaito, with Shimon's consent. The Amrit Tovas Hanadabalakri, so remember in the last thing we we're leaving off with. So if we say that we transition into a discussion of Atoas Hano, let's assume for a moment that one person is able to go ahead and take Truma on behalf of another. Who gets the Toas Hano? Toas not being what say? Who gets to decide which coin to give the Truma to? See, if you say that Toas Hano goes to the actual owner of the produce which is being tithed, then ultimately again, so Ruben is doing something that gives benefit to Shimon. 
to which the Gemara says, maybe not. Rather, it turns out that Allah Lamaisa, maybe Tovas Hana, the ability to choose which coin gets the Truma, who does that go to? That goes to Ruvain the tither, and not to Shimon, the owner of the produce who is being tithed. Which Gemara says, low. Maybe not. Maybe the case of the Mishnah Bosa is like this. The case of the Mishnah is ultimately, again, where it's Shimon's produce being tithed, and it's being, the tithe itself is being separated from Shimon's actual produce. And ultimately, you know, Bosa, and what is in the Daito with his consent? With the consent of Shimon. And Bosa, this goes back to what we saw yesterday and yesterday. Zafarava said, But Omer. And about say, what's the case? The case is where Shimon made an announcement. What's the announcement? Whoever wants to come and tithe my property or take truma from my property, come and take truma from my property. In which case, when Reuven comes and does it, is that a form of Hanah? Is Reuven giving Shimon Hanah? No. Why not? Because if Reuven doesn't do it, someone else is going to come and do it. So Tashma, Hamakdish, Mosif, Chomesh, We'll say when you go ahead and you redeem something, and then, sorry, when you consecrate something, and when you want to redeem it, ultimately you have to redeem it plus an additional fifth. O miskaper, o set mura, and the one ultimately, again, who is achieving kapara through the carbon has the ability to affect temura. And here's the part that we're focused on. Vatore mishalo, al she'inu shalo, tovas hanoa shalo. So I will say, now the Gemara, the Gemara ends off and says, furthermore, when you separate that produce for someone else's pile of grain, but you're using your own produce to separate out truma. So we'll say, so just to illustrate what that means, right? Ru- Shimon has a pile of wheat that needs to have truma separated. Ruvain does it on his behalf, but Ruvain designates his own produce as truma portion for Shimon's pile of grain, right? So halacha Who gets the tovas hano? Who gets to decide which coin it goes to? Ultimately, again, the separator. The actual tither himself, or in this particular case, that will be Reuven. So I will say, so halacha lemaisa, halacha lemaisa. So the way we paskin, I will say, is that Torah as she'ino shalom. The Rama passes in Hilchos Trumos Perak Dalal Halacha Base. So I will say two questions I want to answer. Question number one is: Can you tithe on behalf of someone without their knowledge? Just, just in general. Is that a permitted practice or not? So the, so the Rambam Paskins over here, he says, Torib es she'eno shalo, shalo bishus bailen. You cannot go ahead and tithe someone else's produce without their knowledge. Without their knowledge. Right? That, that's, that's the halacha. That's the halacha. Now, both say, now, however, what happens if you do have someone's permission? For example, Torib mi shalo. So both say, so now what that means, Torib es she'eno shalo, what that means is like this. Let me, let me clarify this. Let me clarify this. So what that means is, I go over to Ru- Ruven as a pile of grain. right? I can't walk into Ruven's uh, granary and separate out Truma from his crop without his knowledge. What can I do? How do we, what can I do? I could decide, I love Ruven. I know he's been struggling. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to use some of my own produce as the Truma designation for Ruvain's produce. So, I, so again, essentially what I'm doing is, what, what am I essentially doing? Right? I, well, I'm depriving him of a mitzvah that is true, but what else am I doing? Right? I'm, in other words, I'm, I'm saving him a good amount of money. I'm saving him one-tenth 
ultimately, or somewhere, no, it's not the same time, not the time. And I'm saving him some amount, ultimately, again, of his produce. Ram and Paskins, you could do that. Why? Because essentially, also remember again, this was a clash between what? Mitzvah deprivation and Zach and the Adam Shalabafanov. It turns out that ultimately using your own produce to go out and satisfy someone else's truma obligation is a zechus. Is a zechus, is a benefit, and therefore I could do it. Great. Now I will say that was question number two. What's question number two? With consent? No, without his consent. Without, right, with, with his consent, there's nothing to talk about. That I'm a shliach. Right? That's not a question. It's only without consent. Only without consent. So I could do it without his consent. So I will say, so now listen to this. So now what's question number two? Fine, so now I'm allowed to do it. What's now the question? Who gets to determine which Kohen gets the truma? To which the Raman Paskins, Avalatorim Yushalo Al Shalachirim, Hareza Truma, Fitikim Perosayim. So like Ram Baku just said, I could use my own produce to set aside truma on Ruvain's produce even without his knowledge and consent. Here we go. Who gets to determine which coin it gets to? Me. Me, the separator, the tither, which makes sense. Because at the end of the day, since I am the one who is actually separating and determining truma, it makes sense. Even though it's on Ruben's produce, it makes sense that Lamaisa, I get to choose which coin gets us. That's why I pass it on both levels. You can tie, you can take your own produce, designated as true on someone else's produce, even without their knowledge. And I, the actual tither, the actual tither, have the right to determine which coin gets it. Incredible. Well, say, let's go. Malando mikra halachos va'agados va'alo yilamdenu mikra. So we'll say, so remember again, so the Mishnah, remember, back, back to our Mishnah's case, we'll say, Mishnah's case is very simple. Ruvay made a neder. What's Ruvay's neder? He's not going to confer hano upon Shimon. Our Mishnah then went through the various cases in which what? A person is permitted to go ahead and confer, a, a person is permitted to do certain things. One of the things that Ruvay is permitted to do is that Ruvay is permitted to go ahead and teach Shimon medrash, halachos, and Agados, what can't he teach him? Chumash. Okay. So it says Dimara, Mikra my time Maloyulamdenu. Why why can't Ruben teach Shimon Khumish? We both say this is very very interesting. Mishum to Kamahanile. What do you mean? Because the act of teaching of Ruben teaching Khumish to Shimon, we both say is a form of Hana. It's a form of Hana, right? He's giving him a service, he's providing him a service. It's it's Hana to which the Mara says, but one second, Medrash Nami Kamahanile. I don't understand. Teaching him any Torah is providing a beneficial service. Right? So, so why, why are you prohibiting the teaching of Chumash and not prohibiting the teaching of something else? Of Medrash, Amr Shmuel, is very interesting. B'makom, shenot l'nschar al ha-mikra, ve'enot l'nschar al ha-medrash. Fascinating. We're talking about a place where, say, where it was customary to get paid for teaching someone Chumash, but, not pay, but, not pay, but you don't get paid for teaching someone Medrash. Some say now it makes sense. So therefore, when Ruvain teaches Shimon Medrash or anything else for that matter, besides Chumash, he's not providing him a service. Why is he not providing him a service? Because we'll say, remember again, he's, Shimon could have gotten this anywhere because no one charges for the teaching of Torah in these areas. So therefore, again, Ruvain didn't provide a service. Ruvain didn't provide a service. However, again, if you do get charged normally again for the learning of Chumash, then for Mikra, then ultimately again, if Ruben does it for Shimon free of charge, that is considered to be a Hanal. A Hanal. So the Gemara says, my Pascha, 
Let's say, what, what, why is there a distinction over here between, in other words, what, what's this pshat? What's the pshat with not charging for medrash, but charging for chumash? My, my paska means, how do you know to make that distinction? It's supposed to be actually quite interesting. Top of Lama Zayin. So the Gemara says, Wow. So the Gemara says like this. The, the Mishra is actually teaching us a fascinating principle, which is you are never, if you live in a place where teachers of Torah charge to teach Chumash, that's okay. That's permitted. You can't charge for the learning of Medrash. Father, I both say, in this context, Medrash means like Torah Shabbat right? Medrash doesn't mean like we think about a Medrash like a story, right? Medrash can mean like Gemara. Medrash can mean just Torah Shabbat any part of the, of, the, of the oral law. So we'll say, so Gemara says, Mishnah's teaching us, you can charge. It's possible. It's permitted to charge for, the, for teaching Chumash. It's not permitted to charge money for the teaching of Medrash. So the Gemara says, no Medrash Talo, why not? Why not? What, what's wrong with going ahead and charging for Medrash? So this is incredible. So the Gemara says, this is incredible. So get ready for this. Moshe Rabbeinu tells Klal Yisrael, and Hashem commanded me to teach you. That I was like, what did Hashem command Moshe to teach Klal Yisrael? The Pasuk goes on and says, Chukim, Mishpatim, Lasoschem, Osem, Baris. So teach you Chukim, Mishpatim. Then I was like, what was Moshe Rabbeinu teaching Klal Yisrael? What was he teaching them? What we call Medrash. Torah Right? Moshe Rabbeinu received everything. And he was teaching them again about saying, not that which was written in the Chumash, he doesn't need to teach them that, that they're going to get. That they're going to get, they can see it on their own. He's teaching them the Perish, which is Medrash. So get ready for this, what we'll say. So the Chazal say, or Moshe Benu says, Just like Moshe Benu says, I am teaching you Klal Yisrael without charge. Ultimately, again, when you teach Medrash in subsequent generations, it must be done without a charge as well. So I'll say, so isn't this incredible? Right? Moshe Rabbeinu didn't get paid for the teaching of Medrash. So too, again, halacha future generations, when teaching Medrash, you can't get paid. To which the Gemara says, but one second. But I don't understand. Come on. When Moshe Rabbeinu says, I've taught you chukim mishpatim, the truth is, it's not just Medrash. It's also what? It's also Mikra. It's also Chumash. So really, according to this, this becomes the model of ma'ani bechinam, af atem bechinam, which I have a, a beautiful Baba Vareba to tell you, but, okay, we're going we're gonna to get a little bit further first. So listen to this. So this concept of, I didn't charge when I taught you Torah, so you can't charge when you teach Torah. But in reality, that principle should devolve upon all forms of Torah, even Mikra. So we'll say this is incredible. The Gemara says, you're right. But the difference is when teaching Mikra, a Rebbe is actually not getting paid for the teaching of Chumash. What is he getting paid for? Ancillary services. Rav Amar Schar Shimur. They both say, what is he getting paid for? Babysitting. <laughs> Babysitting, right? Because Mikra is often taught to children. And therefore, the Rebbe has an obligation of classroom <laughs> management. He's keeping the kids off the streets, right? So there's, so there's, there's a service that's being provided. One could apply this to certain adults as well, right? But 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 Lamaisa again, right? Is this this is Shimar. So the therefore so really it's fascinating. So the Rebbe's not getting paid for the teaching of Chumash, he's getting paid ultimately again for watching the kids. 
Schar Shimor. So Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, no, what is he getting paid for? Rabbi Yochanan, Amar Schar Pisuk Ta'amim. Interesting. He's getting paid, Rabbi Yochanan, for teaching the kids trap. Trap. Pisuk Ta'amim, Rabbi Yochanan, actually means trap, and also we're going to see it also can mean where the Pesukim begin and end, right? The cutoff of the Pesukim, which was so interesting. So that's what the Rebbe is really teaching, or that's what he's getting paid for. The trap, not the actual Pesukim itself, but the trap. So say, it's, very, it's interesting, you know, we, when we learn Chumash here, I say we being like America, rarely is Chumash taught with trap. In Eretz Yisrael, in Eretz Yisrael, especially the Zubrim method, there are many methods that Davka teach Chumash with trap, because again, those who know trap, I do not really include myself amongst them, understand that the trap, Seth is here, Seth could speak to this, right? Often the trap itself is vital in the understanding of the actual psukim. You see, we think that trap is just a way to read. It's not true. Trap, Rashi will often comment on the trap associated with a particular with a particular word, and that'll help the understanding of it. So Lamaisa, again, the Gemara suggests that when a Rebbe gets paid for teaching Chumash, he's not going to be paid for teaching Chumash, he's going to be paid for teaching trap. So I'll say, so these, these are the two opinions as to what a Rebbe gets paid for. So let's analyze this a little bit. If you take a look, if you take a look um, at the Ran, just very quickly, the Rebbe will say the Ran in the intermediate lines, four lines up from before the intermediate lines end, the Ran says, Rav Amar Schar Shimer, so even though, again, the Rebbe can't charge, per se, for the teaching of Chumash, he does charge for watching the kids. The is taking the assumption, taking the position right now, that the concept of trap is not midaraisa. Is not midaray. So we're going to challenge that later on in Amud Beis. But Lamai said that's what the Rebbe is getting charged. To, that's what the Rebbe is charging for the teaching of trap. Incredible. So let's analyze it also. So Bishlom Alman Damer Schar Pisuk Ta'amim Shabbos says. Now let's let's plug this back into our Mishnah. Let's plug this back into our Mishnah. So then Shabbos say let's go back. So what, what was our Mishnah? Ruvain says to Shimon, Koneim Hana Ascha Alai, or I should say, Koneim Hana Asya Lecha. Right? Ruben says, you can't get any benefit from me, Shimon. So what did the Mishnah say? But Ruben could teach Shimon Torah. He could teach him Medrash, Halacha, Agada. What can't he teach him? What can't he teach him? Mikra, Chumash. Why? Because it was customary to get paid for Chumash. Now, we'll say, now let's refine that a little bit. What were you getting paid for when you taught Chumash? Machlokas. Either babysitting, right? Watching the kids. Or, or, Trump. So let's analyze this. So Bishlama Lamandamar Scharpisuk Tam Denu. So according to the opinion that says that a Rebbe would get paid for teaching Trump when it comes to Chumash, I understand then why Ruv in the Mish back to the Mishnah, Ruvain can't go ahead and teach Chumash to Shimon because he's providing Shimon with, with an objective benefit. So Ruvain says, well, one second. But according to the opinion that says that what you get paid for when you teach Chumash is what? Babysitting. So the mission is talking about a case of adults, right? Does an adult need babysitting? Does an adult need babysitting? So if that's the case, right, why wouldn't Ruben be able to teach Chumash to Shimon? To which the Gemara Bakatan Katani. The right, the case the Mishnah both say is that Ruben is an adult and Shimon is a kid. Kid, Ika Ig Bakatan, Ema Seifa, Ava Malamed is Bon of Mikra, Bon of Mikra, Bat Katan Bar Banamu. But see, here's the problem. How does the Mishnah end? Even though Ruben 
can't teach Shimon Chomish, he could teach Shimon's kids Chomish. If we're talking about a katan, does a katan have kids? So the Gemara says, you're right. In reality, there is a piece of the Mishnah that is missing and one we now have to go ahead and fill in. So what do we have to fill in? Here we go. Lo denu mikra bikatan. So we'll say ultimately again, if Shimon was a katan and Ruvay made and Ruve made the Ruve made the nether, not to allow Shimon to get any benefit from him. So Shimon can't te- sorry, Ruven can't teach Shimon Chumash. Im Hayagodal, however, again, if Shimon was an adult, Mikra, then Ruven can, could teach Chumash even to Shimon. Why? Because once you remember again, the schar associated with Chumash is what? What's the schar associated with it? Schar Shimor, babysitting. And that issue only applies to kids, doesn't apply to adults. If Ruvay made a nether, prohibiting himself from giving any benefit to Shimon, they're both adults, Ruvay could teach Chomish even to Shimon. Incredible. So let's analyze this. So just to point out where we're holding right now in our discussion. So the way we're framing this now is that the case in the Mishnah that says that Ruvay could teach Medrash Agada Halacha to Shimon, but not Chomish We'll be talking about a case where Shimon is a katan. Shimon is a katan. But if Shimon were to be an adult, even teaching him chumash would be permitted. Why? Because the reward, or I should say, the payment that comes for chumash is scharshimor, is babysitting. And obviously, that's only a benefit if it's a katan, not a benefit if it's a gadol. Where we're holding also right now, Bosa, is that it is prohibited to receive compensation for teaching Torah. That's where we're up to. Whether ultimately, again, that is mikra or that's other forms of Torah, one cannot receive compensation ultimately again for teaching Torah. So the Gemara says, Eisvei, Meisvei, sorry, Meisvei. I will say, by the way, I'll point out, I'll just point out, if you look, because it's right here, you see right across in the Ran on the left-hand side, the Ran says, over, you see it, Ule'inyan Halacha, it's bolded. Look at the Ran right here, I will say, Ule'inyan Halacha, Kaimalan Hachi, Da'ala Medrash Lo Shari Mishka. So I will say, the way we Paskin says around Halacha, we'll see this in the Rambam, is that you can't get paid for teaching Torah. Well, that's interesting. Right? So, say, so what, what about people who happen to have a Parnosa, right, that involves teaching Torah? So what, what, what happens to those folks? So we'll say, we're going to get into this discussion. Mihu hanimili schalimud aval agar batala shari. And we'll say what we're going to see is that when one teaches Torah and receives a salary, that salary is not viewed halachically as a salary for teaching Torah. What that's viewed is, is essentially lost wages. A person is, let's say a person is a Rebbe, a person teaches Torah. If that person weren't teaching Torah, then what? Then what? They could do something else. They could pursue another career. What the community is saying is, we don't want you to pursue another career. We want you to focus on that. And therefore we'll pay you lost wages. We'll pay you lost wages. So it's interesting. So the salary, so to speak, of a Rebbe, or the salary of someone who, who teaches Torah, ultimately, again, is not viewed as a salary for teaching Torah. It's viewed as a salary for lost wages. Which I both say, is such a beautiful way also like to look at a Rebbe. Right? Because sometimes they say, oh, that, that's, that's your job. Right? That's what you do. No, what, what it's saying is, you could be doing anything in the world. You could be doing anything in the world. But we value the Rebbe. It's such a what, right, wonderful way to look like at our Rebbe. We value the Rebbe so much that we don't want you doing something else. 
We don't want you to understand. Think about this. The next time, like, yeah, PTA conferences, right? Not PTA conferences, you know, um, what are they called? Teacher, teacher conferences, right? You think about this just a moment. Like, we value you so much that we don't want you doing something else. So we're paying you wages not to go ahead and trade stocks, not to sell real estate, not to be a doctor, not to be a lawyer, not to be an accountant. We don't want you to do those things because the service you provide to our community is so much more valuable. Such, such a... Such a different way. It's almost like we're buying them out of a different kind of career in order for them to be able to focus on this. Such a beautiful idea. There's much more involved with this halachically. But again, let's go weiter. Says the Gemara, let's go. So, Meisvei, Tinokos, Lokorn, Betchil, B'Shavs. This is so beautiful. Listen to this. Children, children should not be taught new material on Shabbos. Okay? Children should not be taught new material on Shabbos. Right, so the Gemara says, Ella shown in Berishan. As long as they learn something at least once before Shabbos, they could review that. So in other words, for children, when they learn on Shabbos, learning on Shabbos should be chazara, should be review. We don't teach them anything, anything new. So, so we'll say, why is this? So we'll say, the assumption over here is, who are the children learning with? Who are they learning with? A Rebbe. So we'll say, so I understand at the end of the day, if you tell me that the, the, the payment that a Rebbe gets, ultimately, again, is because he teaches them truck, that halach halamaisa, you can't do that on Shabbos, that makes sense. Why? Because they're both like, then on Shabbos, the Rebbe's really working. Because the, the time that you really learn the truck is the first time you're learning the Pasuk. If you look at the Ran for just a moment, the Ran says, it's what I'll say, it's five lines up from the bottom. So he says, Because I will say, if you're getting paid to teach the kid, if you hold that payment, is for the truck, the real Iker Avoda, the real Iker work, is the first time the kid learns the Pasuk. So therefore, if, the, if we allow children to learn new things on Shabbos, that means what? The Rebbe is getting paid. For services rendered on Shabbos, and I will say, now this is not even about getting paid for teaching Torah. What is this now about? Getting paid for work done on Shabbos. And I will say, you can't get paid for work done on Shabbos. So I will say, now again, let's just go back for just a moment. What do we have? We have a statement. The statement is we don't have a Rebbe teach a kid new material on Shabbos. So why? Why? See if you understand when a Rebbe teaches a child Chomish, the money that he's getting is for teaching them trap. So the Iker Avodah with teaching trap is new material. So now I understand the Rebbe can't do that on Shabbos. Why? Because the Rebbe's working on Shabbos then. He's getting paid for work done on Shabbos. That makes sense. Ella, Leban Domer Schar Shimor, Amai in Karmat Shabbos. But I both say if at the end of the day, if at the end of the day, the Rebbe's getting paid for babysitting, then Lemaise again, what does it matter if they're learning new material or if they're reviewing old material? It's all the same thing. To which the Gemara says, Va'amai shonen barishon. So the Gemara says, Ha'yikashar shimur de Shabbos. Ulutameich. Let's analyze this for just a moment. Ulutameich. Schar pisuk b'Shabbos mi'aser. I'll say further, let's go further a little bit. What would be wrong if a Rebbe, even if you understand that when a Rebbe gets paid for Chumash, he's getting paid ultimately for teaching them trap. So what's wrong with teaching them new material on Shabbos? I'll say, what's wrong with that? After all, it's still not going to be a problem. Why? Havlohi. Oh my gosh. I'll say, there's so much happening in one day. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'll say, Havlah means what? Havlah means in general, there's a concept that work could be done on Shabbos 
as long as the payment for that work is absorbed into weekday activity. Into weekday activity. So, we'll say, so a simple example of this is, a Rebbe could teach on Shabbos, I, but he's getting paid. He's getting paid, but there's an understanding that that Shabbos work also required weekday preparation and is included in a general overall payment. So I will say, the issue of getting paid for something on Shabbos is only when it's what we'll call stand-alone Shabbos payment. But if the Shabbos payment is absorbed into a more general payment, then Allah it's not a problem of schar Shabbos. Here we go. We'll say, here we go. Disanyo, hasocher. Now, this is non-Torah examples, but interesting nevertheless. Hasocher es hapoa lishmor es hatinok. We'll say, I hire a babysitter. I hire a worker to go ahead and watch a child. Or lishmor es hapara, or to watch my cow. It's interesting how that gets grouped together. Right? So, so, so again, watch my kid, watch my cow. Lishmor es hazroim, watch my field. The, the idea over here is, I'm hiring someone to watch stuff. So we'll say, what's that, Lacha? Ein nosten los schar Shabbos. Right now, we'll say, I'll just point out, by the way, all these cases have to do with para aduma. Right? The Ran points out over here, remember again, we'll say, you've seen this concept that there were children who were raised in like these separate cities, these separate, not cities, these separate courtyards, away from any possibility of Tumah in order to participate ultimately again in the para aduma service. Or again, sometimes they would guard wheat or barley for the Karbana Omer separate and distinct. So the idea is you're hiring people to watch these things. So what's the halacha Bosei? Ain't no snow schar Shabbos. Now Bosei, if the way these workers were hired is they received the daily wage. You get paid for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos. Can't do that. Can't do that. You cannot receive a separate wage for Shabbos. Ain't no snow schar Shabbos. Lefichach. Amad Beis. Lefichach. Im avdu. Ain't no chayiv ba'achri yusan. Therefore, means ultimately again if the object was lost, and hopefully not the kid. He'll say, but again, but again, let's say they lost the cow on Shabbos, they're not gonna be chayiv. He'll say, why are they not chayiv? Because you remember again, on Shabbos, on Shabbos, ultimately again, such a person like that is not called a Shomer Sakhar, and most are called a Shomer Chinam, an unpaid watchman. And the unpaid watchman, Rabbi Hussai, is not chayiv for geneva va'aveda. Is not chayiv for items that are stolen or lost. Incredible. Eno chayiv achri yusam. Vim ha'yev s'chir Shabbos, s'chir Chodesh, s'chir Shana, s'chir Shavua. Rabbi Hussai, if a person was hired for a duration, Rabbi Hussai, of a Shabbos. Shabbos means I was hired for a week, right? Or I was hired for a month, or for a year, or for seven years. Then Rabbi Hussai, then no s'no s'chir Shabbos. Then I can get paid for Shabbos. Now, Rabbi say, this is the concept of Havlaw, a very common concept for people who do provide certain services on Shabbos. How do you pay a person ultimately again for services rendered on Shabbos? It's permitted as long as it is absorbed in a greater compensation package. So as long as a person is getting paid for a week of activity. So in other words, what you can't get is, okay, you work three hours on Shabbos, here's $30. That, that you can't do. That you can't do. But if I'm getting a week's worth of wages for a service, obviously we're talking about a service which is permitted to be performed on Shabbos. That's why the, that's why the, the Gemara used the example of a Shomer. Someone's just watching stuff. That's permitted on Shabbos. So as long as my compensation package ultimately again has what we'll call monetary absorption. So it absorbs weekday compensation, Shabbos compensation, then it's totally fine. Levichach, 
In a case like that, so if I were to lose the cow on Shabbos, assuming, let's say, I'm hired for a month, if I were to lose the cow on Shabbos, so much, I'd be chayiv. Why would I be chayiv? Because in that case, interestingly enough, on Shabbos, I have the status of a Shomer Sachar, a paid custodian. And therefore, again, I am chayiv for Geneva va'aveda. So, so now let's, let's bring this full circle. So let's go back for just a second. So I don't understand. A Rebbe, a Rebbe is hired. For, let's call it a Rebbe's on a yearly salary. So if a Rebbe is on a yearly salary, why can't he teach new material on Shabbos? Right? So remember again, the Bryce has said, the Bryce has said, on Shabbos, a Rebbe can't teach new material. A Rebbe can only review with his Talmidim. So we're trying to understand why, why that is. So the Gemara says, so both say, it, we, we assume, what is it because of, if it's, so if it's because of, so we'll say, if it's because of a piece of Tamim or Shimur, what do you think? It's a problem of, of we, we thought it's a problem of Sechar Shabbos. The Rebbe is providing a service on Shabbos and he's getting paid for it. You're not allowed to do that. Yes, you can. Because the Rebbe's compensation package, Rebosai, spans an extended amount of time. Anytime your compensation package spans an extended amount of time, you're allowed to do stuff on Shabbos as well. And it's not considered to be called, we allow the Shabbos compensation to be absorbed into the weekday compensation. If that's the case, why can't the Rebbe teach new material? Rebosai, get ready for this heartwarming, beautiful, an incredible answer. Because we want fathers to ultimately, again, be involved in the mitzvah of Shabbos. Now, what does that mean? I say, look at this beautiful run. The run says, first short line. I will say, fathers, who maybe aren't home as much during the week, have an opportunity again to celebrate Shabbos with their family. And I will say, what is Shabbos for? Shabbos is for spending time with your children. Shabbos is for spending time with your children. Now, if a child, right, if the Rebbe is teaching new material, what does every single father want more than anything for his child? What does every single father want more than anything? I want my child to be a Talmud Tzvachum. That's what I want. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But that's ultimately what I want. I want them to be great in Torah. When I say Talmud Tzvachum, I was like, I don't mean necessarily someone who knows everything, because not every child is capable of that. But I mean someone who loves Torah, yearns for Torah, is passionate about Torah, can't get enough Torah, that, that's what I want for my child. So therefore, again, if at the end of the day, the Rebbe is teaching new material on Shabbos, right? I'm going to make sure that what? That what? My child is there. I don't want him to miss Yeshiva if he's learning new material, right? I, 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 want, him, I want him to be caught up. I, I want him to be on the top. I want, I want... So therefore, I'll say, what is that going to take away from? The father's opportunity to be with his son on Shabbos. Listen, isn't this absolutely beautiful? Chazal understood. People work hard. They're all over the place. Spend time with your kids on Shabbos. And I want to say this is so incredibly important. You know, people think that a successful Shabbos, during the winter, a successful Shabbos is, I was asleep by 8 o'clock. I was asleep by 8 o'clock. That's a success. That's not a successful Shabbos. I will say it's pathetic. No one needs to go, unless you're above the age of 80, no one needs to go to sleep at 8 o'clock at night. And let's say, what's Shabbos night for? Shabbos night is you finish the suda after you sing with your children, you say Tevei Torah, and you learn with your child. It doesn't have to be anything, a couple of minutes. Shabbos is to spend time with my family because often during the week, I'm all over the place. So during the summer, people think, a oh, successful Shabbos, I slept four hours on Shabbos. 
And we'll say, unless you have mono, you do not need to sleep four hours during the day. Right? You only sleep three hours during the day. I want to say the whole Yisod of Shabbos is the ability, and as so often, I want to, say, I want to tell you, too often, what people do over Shabbos is they send their kids to friends, right? The kids are out. That's beautiful. Your kids see their friends the entire week. And they should play with their friends on Shabbos also. They have healthy kids. But Shabbos is also a time for a parent to reconnect with their kid, for a parent to spend quality time, whether it's learning or whether it's schmoozing, but to be able to, to Shabbos is that time to solidify and concretize and re-energize that relationship. And I will say, by the way, over here, if you notice, it's between fathers and sons. Rarely is there a problem between mothers and their children, right? Mothers are pretty good with this kind of stuff. It's fathers, often, who struggle a bit more to carve out the time to connect in a meaningful way with their children. Shabbos is that time. Shabbos, I will say, I'll just tell you in a reflective way. Take advantage of it when your kids are, when your kids are young. You know, my, my boys have really not lived at home since high school. Since high school now, Baruch Hashem, they're, they're in base Medrash, they're away. They come home a little bit here, a little bit there. And the truth is, you realize that, oh my gosh, when they're young, like those moments that you could just sit together, sit together, before they're out and about. Because the truth is, once they're out and about, and for many of you, it's going to be high school, right? And some a little bit later, you know, Eretz Yisrael. Once that process, once they're out, once they're out, you never regain that time where you have like unfettered access to them. And it goes by so quickly. So therefore the Gemara says, oh, we have such a beautiful Gemara. So the Gemara says over here, no new material on Shabbos. No new material on Shabbos. Why no new material? <laughs> so it's incredible. It's not about Tzachar Shabbos. You think that this is about the Rebbe's salary? This is not the Rebbe's salary. Fathers should spend time with their kids. And so don't introduce new... Rebbe, don't, come. You should learn with the kids, chazar with the kids. No new material. No new material. Because if it's chazara, the father can also do that with the kid. Right? And we want families to spend together, time together on Shabbos. It's so beautiful. Whole Shas is worth it for a long like that. Vibayseba, the other possibility is... Vibayseba. Mishum de b'shamp sa'achlin... This is the other possibility. Mishum de b'shamp sa'achlin v'shasin v'yakir alein alma. We'll say the other possibility is... On Shabbos, kids... It's about the kids... Kids eat and drink a lot. That was like, now this isn't drinking like drinking, drinking. This is just saying what ends up happening on Shabbos is people end up, most people, their Shabbos meals are not their weekday meals. Meaning you're having a much bigger meal on Shabbos. So I was like, whenever you have a different kind of meal, heavier meal, a lot more food, so it throws people off a little bit, right? So I was like, so, so even kids, and therefore again, therefore kids really aren't holding in a place where they could absorb new information on Shabbos. Right? So, we'll say, so, so interestingly enough, so because of that, so because of that, it, it's Shabbos is good for Chazara, not good for new information. Kedamer Shmuel, Shinoi Veses, Tchila Cholim Eayim. So we'll say, it's not Veses like by Hilchos Nida. This means any, any change of like regularities. In other words, change in diet. Change in diet, ultimately again, just throws a person off. I will say, that's why, by the way, again, you, you know, it's interesting. Shabbos afternoon, all kidding aside, isn't it funny how the thing you yearn more than anything after the Sauda is a nap, right? And I will say, on any given Tuesday, at two o'clock, you're not like, oh boy, right? I, I, need, I, I need to go ahead and take a nap. I, just, I think most of us are not like that. So I was like, so Levice again, Levice again, it's interesting because again, it makes sense. In other words, I'm sitting down to a heavy meal, right? I'm drinking a glass of wine. In other words, 
obviously, so, so that's, that's what Shmuel is saying. Anytime you change your diet, by definition, it changes everything else that's going on in your day. So therefore, even for kids, it's like this. So therefore, we don't introduce new information on Shabbos because kids are not really on their game necessarily on Shabbos. So we'll say, so listen to this, let's go back for just a moment. So now we've established, we've established that when a Rebbe gets paid, when, when a Rebbe teaches Chumash, he's not getting paid for teaching Chumash because he can't get paid for teaching Torah. What is he getting paid for? One opinion says babysitting. Second opinion says truck, teaching truck. So the Gemara says the opinion that says, the opinion that says truck, why doesn't he say babysitting? Kasar says, this is great. Kasavar bonos me bayim shimer. say now this is absolutely fascinating. When we speak about teaching chumash, Rabbi say this this is fascinating. The Gemara presupposes you're teaching chumash to girls as well, not just boys. Teaching chumash to girls as well, and everyone knows girls don't need babysitting. Quite fascinating. I don't know my wife teaches first grade at Beis Yaakov. I'm not sure she would agree with that, right? But 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 lemaisa, but lemaisa, you know, say. But at least his, in other words, girls. It's actually incredible. If you take a look, by the way, if you take a quick look at um, the ran, but it's like in the middle of the ran. The ran says it's almost. I will say it's pretty much right across. Well, a little bit. I'm just gonna read it to you. He says, uh, girls. He says avabonos afilukitanos loboshimu. Shein darkon lotzeis lochots. I will say what the Gemara is pointing out over here is girls generally will sit in place more than boys. Than boys, so the require the requirement of shimor, the requirement of watching them is much less by girls than it is by boys. Okay, so the Gemara goes by. To the man to shimor, my time of law schar tamim. I will say ultimately again the opinion that says that that the Rebbe gets paid for babysitting. Why doesn't he say trap? Kasar, I will say here we go. Kasavar. Here it is, I will say. Here it is. I will say, we've been operating this entire time thinking that trap is drabanon. Is drabanon. To which the other opinion says, no, that's not true. Trap is daraisa. Now, I will say, now what happens if trap is daraisa? What happens if trap is daraisa? If trap is daraisa, then you can't get paid for the teaching of trap in the same way that you can't get paid for what? For the teaching of the Psukim. In other words, the whole idea of saying that when a Rebbe teaches Chumash, he's getting paid for Trap and not for Psukim presuppo- presupposes that Trap is the Rabbana, that's why you get paid for it. But if you hold that Trap is the Raisa, then the same way that the teaching of Chumash, Ma'ani Bechinam, Afatem Bechinam, the same way that the teaching of Chumash has to be free, has to be without, without compensation, so to the teaching of Trap. What's the meaning of the Pasuk? We'll have to stop over here for today. I think we're fine. We're fine. We're right on schedule. Already. Oh, no, we're not. Right. No, okay. Good. We're right exactly where we need to be. I say, don't worry. Baruch Hashem. We'll pick up here tomorrow. Mir Hashem. We're great. It's a shorter Mesilas Hashem tomorrow. Mir Hashem. So we'll start, we'll start promptly at 5.55. Mir Hashem. Maybe the Baba could be a minute of... Uh, uh, yeah, a minute of... Yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs>